0: This is Radio with the song Pearls on Tell Craig Your Story Podcast.
1: This is Radio, and you're listening to Tell Craig Your Story Podcast.
0: Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to singer-songwriter and promoter, Radio. Now, we follow Ray's journey growing up in Texas and then moving to Colorado and then finally making the decision of going to Beijing and now living in Shanghai. Now, Ray is one of the best promoters in the scene here in Shanghai. Now, Ray is always playing live music his acoustic set and the good thing about Ray is that uh you know he can play with some heavy metal bands he can play with funk bands he can play with all different sort of styles of music but before we go please go to our website we're at podbean tell craig your story at podbean.com we are on all the major streaming services spotify apple itunes google podcast to name a few We also have a link tree there, which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We also have a YouTube channel there. Make sure you're subscribing to get the latest updates. I also want to give a plug to my band, Full Throttle. We have finally finished recording our first EP, and we'll be doing an EP launch at Loafer's Bar in Shanghai. Uh, It'll start at 8 p.m. on the 10th of July. It's a Saturday night. Make sure you can get down there. Uh, we have a great lineup. We have uh, Clams Getaway, Receiver, and Loose Booty also playing on the night. Pre-sale will go on sale next week. Forty un, and all the people that uh, buy a ticket to the show for pre-sale a free Full Throttle t-shirt. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Radio on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hey Ray, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> Hello Mr. Craig, nice to see you today brother. Good to see you as well. Uh, Happy uh, Dragon Boat Festival. Dragon
1: Boat Festival. What's today? I actually didn't even realize it until this morning and I uh, I sent a message to some people I thought they were going to be at work and I'm like, hey, this, and they're like, we're off today. Like, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. It's a holiday.
0: <laughs> I saw you Friday night, I saw you Saturday night, <laughs> bumming into you all the time. Yeah. What did you think of the show on Saturday? I really liked it. Mm. Uh, it was the first time seeing Loose Booty, who mm. was also... Do you know my name or something? Uh, jelly, Jelly Spoons. Mm. Uh, they're all, jelly, oh, yeah. all, all <laughs> jelly Spoons. Jelly Spoons uh, and friends. Yeah, so I don't know what's happening with Jelly Spoons, but uh, <laughs> lots of... Uh, yeah, seeing Chris and seeing Matt, it was great to see them. Sort of in new bands and exploring new music. Especially if the band is good, man particularly. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it was a great, great That's weekend cool. for yeah. music to get out there. We saw Kamira Cold as well. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Great. Jason. They're, they're really good. Yeah, they they're know really how good. to put mm-hmm. on a live show. I wish
1: they played earlier, though, man. Everyone always leaves by the time yeah, they play. Man. They always put themselves last, right. right, And yeah. they're just like, mm. what was the silent film? Yes. Were you into that? That Did was really cool. That was
0: interesting. <laughs> Sit, people sitting down before a metal show. But the one thing that I noticed that I'd never seen a band play and then turn around and have their backs to turned the, to, to, the crowd. to the crowd. Have you ever seen that before? Uh, I think like, um, you know, Maynard used to do that in like a oh, perfect really? circle. Yeah, yeah he, right.
1: Yeah, he used, to, he used to like play with his back to the crowd. I mean, I know that some people are just nervous and if they see the crowd, they will like... Play differently, I guess. Yeah, so uh, they just do that, but I don't think it's very good, I mean, for like a show. It's strange, Um, I mean, another like weird thing is like when people decide to play off the stage instead of on the stage, Mm. have you seen that? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple bands that really pull it off, like Shanghai, I don't know how to say their Mm. name, Shanghai, Quentin, I don't know how to say their name, but um, I saw them at Yuyentong, and they played off stage. And everybody like, was just like around them, just watching this band play. And it was really yeah, right. it was something. It was a strange experience,
0: yeah. for sure. Intimate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess if you got like 10 people in the band and you're playing at uh, YYT or something like that, okay, off, off stage. or. But yeah, some of the. Well,
1: it's cool because like, even like uh, the people actually jump on the stage to watch the guys. Oh, yeah right. yeah, right. <laughs> so wow. it's like a big, huge, weird thing.
0: Very interesting. Well, good weekend. Good to see. You. I do believe that you did stay here during the pandemic I here should. in China, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. especially uh, with the people uh, listening in Australia. We don't get to hear the sort of news coming out of here. So uh, your experiences, you know, before the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic and now. Well, um, I remember I was... I like maybe the last few days
1: of my work, you know, with all my coworkers. Um, I had gotten some videos of uh, of some some people in Beijing, and there were like uh, people in like hazmat suits, like checking everybody off the plane, and like a, a quick like twenty second video of that, and and I remember showing my coworkers, and they're like, ha ha ha, we're all laughing, like, oh, what 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 is that about, you know? <laughs> and then maybe like within a week. Everything started to, so like, all the news started to come in, and things started yeah. to get locked down. Um, co-workers that went on vacation were never able to come back, and they're just still stuck wherever they were. Mm. I, I believe everyone had kind of, like, a similar experience, uh, uh, who, were, who was living here in China anyway, that a lot of people just went on vacation and just never came back. That's you right. Know? Wow. Um, even one of, my, one of my closest friends from my hometown, she left just to go for, like, a couple of weeks, and then she got locked out. And I had to go and clean her apartment. I still have her stuff. I still have <laughs> right. her stuff in yeah. my apartment, like waiting on nothing. I don't know yeah. if she's never going to come back. But yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, though, uh, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate since the pandemic. Uh, you know, I, I knew when I saw the signs, I was like, I'm not going to get on a plane. I'm not going to get on any trains. I'm not going to try to get sick anywhere. Yeah. Be around a lot of people. And so I stayed at home, stuck around here in Shanghai, I, I didn't leave anywhere, and uh, I really so, benefited from it because um, uh, it's it's been really nice here in Shanghai, actually. Um, did
0: you uh, have work? Did you have online work or something? You yeah, doing?
1: so my boss was really on it. The beginning, like right in the beginning, we already had online classes. We were supposed to come back from work after vacation. Uh, she already had set up online for us. So, oh, uh, so for the next, you know, month, two months, I we did online classes. And then we kind of did uh, face-to-face classes, but, you know, with really strict guidelines. And then, uh, and then it just kind of opened up. I still have a few online classes now, but um, most of my classes now are just face-to-face. Right.
0: Face-to-face classes. Yeah. During, the, like, that time, because I left 4th of February, mm-hmm. I was going to go to the U.S., of all places, on the <laughs> 2nd of February, I yeah. had a fl- flight booked to LA. I was going to send a friend and go to Chicago. And then Trump brought in on the 1st of February, saying, if you've been to China in the last 14 days, you can't come. So it's reschedule it yeah. and uh, booked a flight home. before that, the, that, those couple of days, people were just locked down. Like the main streets here were just, empty like the main streets of shanghai which are normally pumping yeah, yeah so in general was the chinese was it were they okay i thought they did a very good job
1: well um, they have a good good thumb on on the people so they're able to contain uh contain everyone mm. pretty quickly you know um i think that's <laughs> the big difference within the in the u.s where people are generally free to do whatever they want yeah. and, <laughs> and they have a lot of problems when it comes to things like this uh, on the other hand, everyone's being tracked by their phones here, and so, <laughs> yes. and so it was really easy to just you know figure out who's been who, who saw who, where they mm. were, you know, and kind of do the geo mapping or whatever they're they're yeah. doing in order to, to figure out <laughs> who's sick and who's not sick or who's a threat and who's not a threat. Um, but I mean, there's some people who, you know, we're not so lucky even here in China who. Mm you know hit every marker along the way you know we're in quarantine and then quarantine again and then quarantine again and it's just like oh man (laughs) it's bad luck for some people yeah and of course a lot of people like did die from it too so i mean getting that
0: that also is not uh not very lucky (laughs) yeah in terms of the music scene again before i left it was going really good yeah it was it was fine it was great uh so in terms of the music scene like did that affect that like and for you oh well yeah i
1: mean uh it definitely i mean nobody was allowed to really go to any big shows for a while um like you know crowds and and things there was a big uh big stop to all that for a while but um when everything started to clear back up there was a big kind of hole missing from in the music scene where a lot of people who were doing it before who are no longer here and and so the venues had a had a problem just like finding people to play yeah this is kind of how i uh when i started actually doing you know making shows because um um, i had seen a post from one of the managers at uh at one of the venues like hey we're looking for bands to play and so i said oh well, let me um, i can maybe organize a concert for me and my friends and one turned into many <laughs> right and so now i that's you know for the last year and a half to almost 2 years now i've been just organizing shows so it actually gave me an opportunity while a lot of people were not here yes other people were able to kind of fill in those gaps and i was fortunate enough to be one of those people so that's uh, that's how i got my start from the the virus actually helped me uh, start my music, uh, yeah. music endeavor really.
0: <laughs> With that, did you have any sort of like experience booking shows before that? I had experience yeah. playing shows. <laughs> playing shows, yeah. Um, I never really
1: uh, took the time. Like I, I've never really organized as many things as I've you know, at least been doing in the last couple of years. Um, I've always done one little piece of it. Maybe I would make a flyer or maybe I would know a band and I could recommend a band to somebody else, but never in charge of kind of everything. And, uh, which has kind of been, uh, what I've been doing lately is just kind of doing, <laughs> doing it all, you know, finding the bands, getting them together, putting the flyers together and, and, uh, and then doing promotion for it. So, um, yeah, this is really the first time in my life that I've been uh, really pursuing this area of music um for many years of course i've been a musician playing my own music yes. and you know just doing my own thing and uh and now it's 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 kind of changed the dynamic of uh of how i view music and how i uh interact with uh, with bands around me and things like that
0: so. yeah so you're getting out there seeing bands playing i mean can you make a career out of this? Like, is it, like, do you get commission? Is there some of like... No. Like <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I know that there are people out there that do
1: it, but uh, right now, there's no way I could afford to do it Take full-time. Um, yeah. I, I end up losing money a lot of the times on shows uh, just because of, you know, the nature of, uh, of the venue process and, and also, you know, I'm doing a lot of free work just with the artwork and, and things like that, so... Um, at, at the end of the day, I'm just kind of like doing it as a hobby, but um, I do notice uh, things coming together in ways that uh, I couldn't I couldn't imagine, you know like putting two bands together and then them meeting each other and becoming good friends and then seeing them play other shows like without me or uh, is really a really kind of surreal experience to see like hey, I did this the reason why this is happening is because of this little thing that I did a long time ago and and that really makes me kind of you know secretly proud of, yeah. of my work <laughs> yeah, of so uh, so that's what I'm, uh, I'm I'm really like happy about There's just to see the connections that uh, that people are, are making just from the things that I'm organizing so mm. I see those connections happening and, and I just feel like um, I'm doing a good thing for other people. You know, down the line, I mean, I don't know what uh, where the what where the end of the road is for for these bands or anything, but uh, to see them go on and, and to bigger and better things is yeah. really rewarding to yeah, me. Yeah, so, definitely.
0: Yeah, I, like, you're not only really booking bands, but you're you're putting people in other bands, and you know they need a they need a drummer or a bass player. You know, <laughs> well, who, you... who do we go to? Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good to see. So what was your first bands that you booked? Just you said you were friends, right? so
1: um, so originally my idea was kind of organizing bands to play my genre of music. So um, I put together a show called Acoustic Lucid and I'm still, still even now doing lucid shows like naming them lucid because it's kind of been my fur like my little baby <laughs> right But the acoustic lucid show. Um, originally was just a bunch of acoustic artists, folk artists to come together and play acoustic music. Um, So that's what I I really wanted to start, like um, a fan base for these types of musicians because uh, I would play shows myself and and feel like, oh, well, there's not really... The audience for me you know of course there's audience for all the bands and stuff but there's not really an audience for for what i'm doing mm. so i wanted to put together a show specifically for indie artists or these yes. kind of acoustic indie yes. artists so like willie and the wonk and and a couple other you know acoustic friends that, that i know that just do acoustic music um, I know Nina. Actually, Nina from uh, Jelly Spoons. She was in the in the original Acoustic Lucid. Come on. Uh, Jessica Kreisman. She was uh, in the Acoustic Lucid. A lot of those people, and I mean, Nina went on to get into Jelly Spoons, and you know, it's like. <laughs> you know it, it built something for for all these artists yeah. to, to be able to have like a legit legit a legitimate show to play a legitimate venue to play they they all went on to bigger and better things so they're, um, they're all in different bands they're or? all doing different things uh, jessica right now she's i don't know if she's doing really a lot of music she's like a she's an art teacher so she does art also um but uh all the other bands i mean all all the groups they're all doing very well i mean everyone's still making music and doing really well so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, proud of, I'm proud of everyone that's, uh, that's been a part of my shows and, um, and who continues to do music. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm happy that, that everyone's doing well.
0: <laughs> and, and speaking of that, uh, how was the music scene when you first come to Shanghai as opposed to the Shanghai music scene now, today?
1: Mm, well, I'm much more part of it. Yeah, I think that's a that, that's a, a thing. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more shows. I think um, I, I would go and see a lot of uh, Chinese musicians playing with a lot of um, a lot of foreigner bands. Mm. Um, so I would always see kind of like a half and half and half kind of bill. Now I see a little bit more segregated, like a lot of Chinese bands are playing with Chinese bands and foreigners playing with foreigners. Occasionally mm. they will have, you know, the crossover. But uh, for the most part, I don't think a lot has changed. I mean, definitely the names have changed of <laughs> the bands. You know, they're playing in different groups or um, there's just different bands altogether, newer bands and things. But for the most part, the music scene is the same. Yeah. The same everywhere, you know. There's still still the same venues, same faces. So,
0: But that's the cool thing about a place like Shanghai is that the names might, might change. All these new people... Uh, coming in to form new bands and keeping bands going. All different parts of the world coming together, you know, a mix of all Mm -hmm. sort of uh, influences, I think. So you're doing YYT, bar. I do a lot of YYT. Uh, Yeah. Loafers. Loafers. Occasionally, I
1: do a Mal show. Uh, We do a couple of shows anywhere. I was doing an open mic. Yeah, my place. My place, room, bar. We do do shows there. Um, I used to do an open mic with uh, Bubba's, the Texas restaurant. I kind of got too busy, and and it's kind of seemed like a job that I wasn't getting paid for. So I right. just I just stopped doing it. I, I I still have a lot of equipment there, but I I love the place. The food's really good, but I just I go there and I spend too much money, you know, because <laughs> I just I drink and I eat Steak. and I drink and the I ribs. eat. <laughs> yeah, the ribs and the brisket and all this stuff, <laughs> you know. I, so <laughs> so I had to kind of keep myself from going there, otherwise I'd be way fatter. <laughs>
0: It's on the way, and then once we get the big bands again, band, yeah, we'll yeah, get we'll, the touring bands,
1: yeah, touring bands. I think it's, it's gonna. Oh man, I'd love to have some people open up for some touring bands. I think that'd be really oh, nice yeah. to get those opportunities. Um, that's that's what we're missing the most yeah. right now. I mean, as far as the change, um, I would see big bands come in all the time to Shanghai because it's one of the biggest cities ever. So yeah, a lot of big bands would come through here, and right now it's just it's uh, no foreigners have been able to come in so. It's really,
0: uh, that's the only kind of drawback right now. Maybe this time next year, the, the international bands will be able to come in and sort of... but They've got to start something. I mean, they got the Winter Olympics oh. in Beijing soon, so they better start. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to be allowed in. It's going to be <laughs> that's it. empty seats with like
1: dummies on the, on the in the seats you know with like faces different Lating
0: faces a, just fake crowd yeah, it'll it be a silent crowd yeah <laughs> so speaking of texas you uh let's go back into your history sure born in texas born in texas whereabouts uh corpus christi right do you know of corpus christi yes i do okay
1: yeah. it's a it's kind of a beach town um i grew up there you know, just doing the same thing everyone does. I mean, it, it's a small town. It's it's very beautiful, but I always just dreamed of leaving it. Right. <laughs> now I always I dream is it of going a is back. it a
0: big big city? No,
1: nah, it's 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 a pretty small city. Um,
0: and where is it? What city is it close to? Like the. You know, um, it's
1: the... kind of next to oh you know of San Antonio. Right, San Antonio, right. Where the Alamo is. Uh, it's it's about uh, three to four hours south of San Antonio. Okay. And you know Texas is very big, so. Although, three to four hours is very close (laughs) yes, yes. in in Texas time, you know. Uh, You can be driving, you know, 15 hours and you'll still be in Texas, you know, just trying to get out. (laughs) It's one of those places.
0: Did your parents, uh, were they involved in music or entertainment? My grandfather,
1: Cesar, um, he plays harmonica. And um, so I would grow up, I, I kind of learned about keys really early because, you know, I don't know if you know about harmonica, but it, there's like a special like uh, equation or, or like, you know, if, if you're playing in the key of C, he has to be in the key of G. Right. If he's playing, if I'm in the key of E, he has to be in the key of A. So I learned a lot about keys really early on and, and he, <laughs> it kind of drilled into me like, oh man, keys are important yeah. and someone who plays harmonica really has to know exactly what you're doing otherwise it doesn't sound right so uh, so I learned that early on uh, as far as my mom uh, my mom's like an artist she's uh, she's a painter a lot of I have a lot of sisters and they're all kind of into more into art than they are into music right um so yeah I'm kind of uh, kind of the only one that really is pursuing music as like a, like a major hobby yes um, I don't think a lot of other people oh i um, actually um my cousin, was uh, and my uncle, they are like drummers. Um, they used they play in like metal bands. Um, so my cousin was in this band called X Tripwire X, which is like a real famous band in uh, yeah right. in South Texas. Yeah. And they, uh, uh, yeah, actually I met somebody here. Actually, David, David, who's the lead singer of Rat King. And he was like, man, because he's from Texas too. Right. And he, he, he said, man, that one band, X, Tripwire X, they used to kill back in the day. I used to love that band. And I'm like, yo, that's my cousin's band. I used to know all, I, I know all those guys. Wow. But uh, yeah, it's a small world. I mean, uh, but yeah, so a couple of my cousins are into music. Uh, but uh, I personally, in, in my immediate family, I'm the only one that's like really doing music a lot you know, at this time
0: tell us about the music scene in corpus christi and in texas in general like i i think as a cliche it would be very country Pantera's from texas right yeah, so, true. True. <laughs> exactly. so Pantera, one of
1: the best men's ever right? yeah come on <laughs> so um actually in my hometown there's a huge like uh like grind metal scene where it's uh-huh. just like uh a uh, uh, a lot of kids are just listening to this kind of uh, kind of punk metal, like same kind of genre as Rat King. Then right. like what they're doing is like what reminds me of being like a kid in in my so, hometown. Like, yeah. Right. They they play like a very similar genre to what I was you know grew up listening to.
0: In your face. Loud. Yeah, very in your face, yes.
1: loud. You know, people just <laughs> throwing punches <laughs> yes. in the crowd. You know that's that is that, that is how, it's, yeah. Um, there's also, um, it's not country, but there's a genre of music called Tejano, which is like Texas and, uh, Texas mixed with like a Mexican country. It's like Mexican country, I guess, cool. and they call it Tejano. It's like a, a lot of accordion is, is very major. And, uh, and then just like a, like a rock band around it kind of playing like a country style, but with like Spanish and English mix of, uh, of... Words and stuff, um, so yeah, Tohono is really big in, in Texas. So they have some country, but uh, not really in my hometown. It's not super prominent. Uh, I think more people will be listening to like classic rock uh, uh, music versus versus that uh, versus country itself. But yeah. um, I think the probably the biggest music scene is, is, is the metal
0: scene, like, uh, That's like cool. uh, the people
1: playing playing that uh, that hardcore hardcore music.
0: So, when you were there, like, uh, in high school, mm-hmm. were you going to shows, like, like big festivals? And, uh, and yeah,
1: so, um, I, uh, I went to a, a few big festivals, um, one of the big ones that I remember is one called, uh, Sounds of the Underground, where, uh, I listened to a, or a huge variety of metal music, and, uh, and there's a lot of great, great bands. Job for a cowboy, Goat Whore, um, Guar. <laughs> oh, that's no, cool.
0: Yeah. They're really cool.
1: Guar. Um, so Guar probably when I was maybe fourteen or fifteen, I went to go see see them, and uh, one of the best shows that I've ever seen. I've never seen like anyone else do what they do on stage, and they just have like kind of a theater with this monsters coming out and like you know eating a priest and then and then you know and then they spray blood Mm -hmm. at the audience and everyone's getting tripped with all this goo (laughs) it's one of the one of the best shows i've ever been to um i mean their music is fine but the the show the live performance was seriously so so good I, i i love that i still think about it now like as an adult i'm like man Wish I could do something like that. (laughs) You
0: know, what was unfortunate, I actually got to see the lead singer uh, that were touring uh, for Soundwave in Australia. Mm -hmm. And they did that tour, and apparently, just as they finished, he he passed away. Yeah, he died. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which was such a shame. So I feel privileged that I got to see see one of his last shows before he... uh, Passed away. Are they still going? do they find a replacement? I think. I think so. I think yeah. they, they. They. still like, as far
1: as like the characters in the band, he's still alive. So I think they just got somebody else to like kind of fill his shoes, but I'm not too sure. I'm not like updated on that
2: mm.
1: really. um but yeah, that was one of the best shows I've ever I've ever gone to. That Sounds of the Underground. Even my uh, my one of my friends who's in the same grade as me, or you know, we, we grew up together. He still has his Sounds of the Underground shirt that he just wears right. you know, from that tour. You know that particular <laughs> time. It was such a good show and then. Um, um, but yeah, there's always music going on, always festivals going on. Mm. I didn't really play too much at this time like I I when I was in middle school and
0: high school I tried to join like metal bands so tell us about you know your grandfather learning the keys and, and the note. so is that when you sort of started picking up the guitar and sort of <laughs> so uh, my very first instrument I played were like
1: bongos I used to have bongos really? and I, would yeah, just, right. I would just play hand drums like when I was young I got a pair of bongos and I I was I kind of liked the drums um, and I had a drum set, but I never really learned how to play drums like very well. Um, I, but I could play hand drums very very well. I guess when I turned ten, I, I, I got a, a, like a guitar and I started playing music. Started learning like chords and things. I was into like flamenco music, so I really liked um, like Spanish flamenco. So I, I I was learning a lot of that. Like I remember, as a freshman in high school, I played like some flamenco stuff for um, for like a talent show. And it was it went really well, and I, I really liked, uh, liked that genre of music. But um, um, I took some in college because I went to a high school where my high school and college were mixed. It was called Collegiate High School. Um, so I took high school classes that were dual credit, and I also took college classes with college kids as a like a high school teenager. Wow! And uh, and I was able to take some cl- uh, like classical guitar with uh, with a one on one trainer named uh, Philip He who is a, a, a Chinese uh, Chinese musician and he taught at this school. He's a very old, famous, uh, uh, you know, flamenco player. And so uh, I, I kind of I studied one-on-one with him for a couple of years and, and it kind of boosted up my experience a little bit. But um, as far as, like, the music that I'm playing now, it's really chord-driven. It has nothing to do with, like, classical music, really. But I do know a lot of uh,
0: classical tunes and things like that. Mm. Um <clears throat> Yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so you've played, you're learning guitar, you're playing all different styles, um, and you said that you tried out for different bands. Uh, did you have a band in Texas? Uh, so in Texas, when I was maybe in going
1: on to high school from middle school, I was in like a, trying to get into a couple of like metal bands. We played. We we had a couple. I don't even want to tell you the name. One of my our band name was
0: Necrophiliac. Oh. Can we Google that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Probably best not to Google it. <laughs> no. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Necrophiliac. It, Texas. It'll be like no search results. safe. <laughs> <transparency. laughs> So, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: so uh, yeah, we, so we, we, I tried to be in like metal bands, but my parents kind of put a stop to it kind of early on. I, uh, I wasn't allowed to play or even listen to like really hardcore metal music when I was in high school. Um, so that kind of drove me into acoustic guitar even more because it was really all that I was able to really like play. Um, they even forced me to play in like church bands. So I played like, you know, Christian rock. So your music. family were obviously religious. Yeah, they were really.
0: It was yeah, it wasn't so great. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I can understand as well. Like, was it a rebel to go to all these metal metal shows?
1: So I so I grew up Catholic also. I mean I uh, I was uh, you know baptized. I took my first communion. I would I would yeah, do all right. this stuff, but uh, like when I got into high school, my grandfather remarried, and at this time I was living with my grandparents, or I was living with him majorly. Uh, or a majority of the time, so he remarried and then they became born again Christian. You know, so we had to kind of like uproot, you know, that from Catholic into Christian, and so then I was had to play in this uh, <laughs> into the Christian bands. But yeah, I hated it, and and the people there, you know, they seemed nice, but it was always surface level nice, and you know they would try to. I there was a couple of people that played music. And there was another guy who played acoustic guitar and, and I came in and the, the like the pastor of the place told me, oh, well, learn from this guy. And he would sabotage me like, you know, like he would uh, he would change my tuner to like a different, you know, like, you know how it goes to like 144 and, you, you know, you, he would change it to like 150 or something. <laughs> so I would be off key from the entire band. Oh, and uh, and things like that were like, you know, these people, they seemed nice, but they, they were just backstabbing awful people you know i've
0: he- I heard stories like uh that Ozzy Osbourne was banned from texas
1: for pe- peeing on the alamo
0: yeah yeah about dope. 10 years <laughs> so rock and roll but
1: uh <laughs> they I- still do Ozfest you know
0: yeah right wow is this when you start to play original uh music or are you still sort of doing like covers at this stage
1: yeah so at this stage um so when i started playing acoustic guitar uh I- like as a freshman and uh, in in high school, I was playing like flamenco style guitar. But I started playing with a girl who was a singer, and uh, and I would play guitar while she sang, and we would do covers like Evanescence covers and uh, nice. Maroon Five covers and things like that. Um, and at this time, I did not sing at all. I started singing. I think it was whenever I turned fifteen. I I had my first job. It was in KFC. My first job was KFC and uh, i would always work the light, the the late shift with uh, some the other guys that were work there and we would always like you know goof around at the end of the night and we would sing songs like i want to be the very best you know just random random songs you know and just try to make each other laugh and uh, and one of the guys that was working was like man you're a really good singer are you in a band you're singing so good and that compliment kind of like oh man maybe i can sing you know, and so I, I started uh, trying to sing songs on my own. And um, I played covers for a long time. I um, I learned uh, a lot of cover songs. I used to have the big book of songs. And I knew all sorts of songs with the chords and, and things. And, and, of course, I was already playing, like, Christian music at this time. So I was already kind of doing that.
0: So did you have to work on your uh, vocals? Or was it just something that naturally...
1: I definitely worked on it. There was I spent a lot of time, like... Just sitting in my garage just like singing songs over and over again mm-hmm. like trying to get better trying to learn guitar more than or <laughs> trying to learn more songs on the guitar but also trying to sing the songs that I was learning yeah. um, so I spent a lot of time doing that um, I kind of had this dream of, uh, of being like a, a street artist performing on the street and, and playing eventually I did start doing that when I turned 16 I uh, I was very upset with my parents at the time because they were really they were getting really really strict with mm-hmm. me and and I and I felt really kind of restricted. Yeah, restricted, but also even at school, like I had some problems with like my girlfriend cheated on me with this other mm-hmm. friend, yeah. you know, just like just like little teeny, for a puberty, teeny, teeny drama. Yes. But when I turned sixteen, I actually ran away from home. Uh, mm-hmm. I ran away and uh, and I. Didn't really go back. I actually didn't finish my high school until later, um, when I turned eighteen. I, I went back into uh, into like the Job Corps program. You know, you have you ever heard of Job Corps? Mm. It's it's like a. A school for like troubled youth basically wow. uh, but when I turned 18 I was able to get uh, kind of like a scholarship to go there they paid for oh. everything immediately when I got in there they tested for a GED and I got my GED immediately and then um, I was able to take a couple of extra classes and I also got my high school diploma so I have my high school diploma and my GED and then uh, while I was there I got a trade to do medical assistance so right. um, I, I you know started working in the medical field I didn't really return back home until I was 19 when my great grandfather died and they wanted me to be a, a pallbearer at the at the funeral. And so I kind of went back at 19 and kind of made up with my family and uh and you know went through that whole thing, that whole process. But for a lot of time um between 16 and 19 when I was kind of basically on the street, I I would do a lot of busking. Like I would play a lot of those uh those cover songs that I was working really hard on learning. And uh and and um I really started developing my voice even more out of like
0: necessity. Uh yeah. So has that sort of made you like a stronger person that, that period of time? I mean I, living I, by yourself, being very independent?
1: Like... I, I think so. I mean, um I yeah. I don't even know if I, I think I was so naive that I, I just thought that I could do it and yes. so I did it, you know. But even now and I feel like if I just decided to just start walking the street and hitchhike somewhere I'd feel really not, not secure about it. Yes. So it, it would be hard for me to even do it now but uh, at that time I was like young and naive and, and I you know it, it did uh, kind of it was a make or break kind of situation so it did really make me um, kind of understand uh, my uh, my connection to people and, 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 and ultimately like it was a lot of me relying on generosity of other people and, and talking to them about you know my life and and, and, and things and uh, and being able to like really make it uh, eventually living on my own
2: mm. by
1: 17 I had my own apartment wow. you know I was already like working a job I lied to them to, <laughs> about my age so I was working at this uh, this pizza place at the mall um, and, and uh, he was like are you 18 right in the beginning I was like yes I'm 18. He's like, okay, and, and then uh, I started working for like two months, and then the paperwork came back, and he's like, you're not 18, we can't hire, we, we, you know, he had to fire me immediately. Um, I worked a lot of just odd jobs. I worked a little bit of time in a pawn shop. Um, I worked some time in, a, in like a car washing place where I like, you know, vacuum cars, mm. the inside of cars. And it's like these places that just didn't do background checks because of whatever reason, you know, they have like ex-cons working there. So I was able to kind of like get by without them checking. Since I was actually on the endangered child list, if anybody did a background check on me, I would get popped right away and, and get sent back, uh, sent back home, basically. So right. I, I tried my best to kind of stay clear of, of that kind of thing. Stayed in a lot of like different shelters around town and stuff or around the towns I was in. So I left uh, Corpus Christi immediately. I went to like San Antonio, Austin. I went as far as uh, Colorado. Um, mm. I was living in Pueblo. Uh, for, for a certain time, and then um, I ended up moving back into Austin, um, and it was, was kind of there until I turned 18, and once I turned 18, I was able to go to the to the Job Corps school, where right. I got my stuff together.
0: So during that time, was it like, were you meeting these musicians? Or just No? You know?
1: <laughs> I met a few musicians, but I mostly met a lot of like drug addicts and like <laughs> con artists you know yes. so it was a lot of like me learning to the like uh, of, yeah. yeah yeah, being careful about people not taking advantage of me like immediately I think my very first day like leaving somebody like stole like $200 from me like immediately like <laughs> wow. um, I had a guitar stolen from me um, uh, and just a lot of other things I had been mugged a few times you know and it just you know it's just one of those things once I Looked like I was not worth anything. That that's whenever things started to calm down. <laughs> Once I started getting real dirty. <laughs> and so, grimy.
0: so how did they get in contact with you? Like uh, I was in contact with my sister.
1: Right. Because I have actually a, a, a few different uh, I have a few sisters. So uh, I would stay in contact with uh, one of my sisters just to let them know that I was okay. Hey, and was I'm okay. doing well. Where I am uh-huh. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, when when my great grandfather died. Uh, they basically said, can you please come? They want you to be the pallbearer. They didn't even know... They didn't tell my great-grandparents that I left. They were just like, oh, he's doing well, you know? Because they were so old by this time. So that's kind of a a regret that I didn't get to, like, you know, see them or talk to them again, you know? Because they they passed away before I was able to, you know, go back and see them. So that was a big... uh, That was kind of a big thing. But, uh, you know, people... People die, people get old and die, so. That's right,
0: it's life.
1: It's life, yeah. Yeah. Or so they say.
0: So you come back when you're 19, and uh, you go into this college, college, right? Is this sort of straighten you out a little bit, you know, trying to get back into like a regular routine, a school, working, being with family more? The collegiate that I went to was
1: in San Marcos. It's not in the same place as my hometown. Um, I eventually did go back to school when I was like twenty three. I went back uh, into Texas and uh, or into Corpus Christi and, and took more college to finish my bachelor's. But uh, for that time, the trade school it didn't take me long to to really to get it. And actually, a lot of the the kids that, or the people that were in that school it was like being in a jail. Really, right. it, was, it was it was very like uh, it was very restrictive, and uh, they monitored everybody. And at the same time, all the the kids who were there are like really awful kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like doing awful things. So um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that that really straightened me out. I kind of had a good mindset from the very beginning, from the time I was sixteen. I had already kind of realized that my parents were not doing a good job, and I was like, man, I, I don't need to listen to you because I could do a better job on my own. Um, so I already had like a really. Um, I feel like I had a good mindset to begin with when I when I left and and just stayed on a on a good road because um, I knew a lot of friends or I met a lot of friends on the street who mm. were got into drugs and uh, kind of spiraled down quickly you know and uh, and I managed to stay away from from all that's that, good that yeah
0: yeah absolutely and like even now like if you see somebody like that you can say that you've sort of experienced that you've seen that so. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really, really, that's a good thing. So you, what was your bachelor's degree?
1: Uh, in applied science. So um, I already had uh, my medical training. Um, so I was working as a phlebotomist for uh, years. So uh, after I finished collegiate high school, I was 19, uh, did the Paul Bear thing with my family, I made up with them. Immediately from there, I moved up to Colorado Springs with some friends mm. from college. So I lived there for the next like four years. I, I lived in Colorado. Tell us about uh, that. I've oh, never baby. been there. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's one of the best places I've ever been to, really. Um, yeah. Later, we're going to talk about our top favorite places. Yes. It's definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely one of them. Uh, yeah, I live in Colorado Springs, um, and it's a very beautiful place in the mountains. Um, everything is so gorgeous. Trees, and the air yeah. is fresh, and it's always something to do. Hiking, music scene's great. Everything was just so good in in, in Colorado. It treated me very nice. My two friends that I moved in um, moved with uh, Brandon and Shauna. Um, Brandon Bean and Shauna Taylor. They um, they're still living in Colorado right now, but um, we started playing music together in, co- in in the college that we went to that where we met, and that's how we you know became friends. Um, so when we moved to Colorado Springs, we started playing in a band we got a band together we had a viola player a drummer a bass player and then he me and him would play uh, guitar and sing duo
0: nice.
1: um, we were in a band called the green tangerine, green tangerine. and uh, i would be like i'm radio and he goes i'm bean and we are the green tangerine <laughs> and uh and it was just really nice uh, we we had a good thing going for a while um i started dating with the viola player who's really beautiful beautiful girl and then we broke up and she left the band and then we kind of had like a rocky, rocky start. Isn't that rocky. a
0: thing where... Yeah, you don't date the band. Don't date the band. Don't date the people who <laughs> But uh, everybody really just assumes, right? Like yeah, you got a female... It, it,
1: you, I mean, you, you learn. You live and you learn, you know. Mm-hmm. But you have a really beautiful female person in your band and they attract audience. Like, just having a beautiful girl in the band just attracts an audience that you can't do without that. And it's... I, I don't know what it is. It's just like a psychology or something. It's in, in the mental thing. But uh, mm-hmm. once she left the band, it really kind of like, oh man, it was really hard after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also had a bass player who refused to play this show. He's like, no, we will not play this. I refuse to be a part of this band. And so we were like, okay. So we played anyway and we got another bass player and that hurt us a lot too because the first, original bass player was very, very good and our second bass player was learning. Mm-hmm so that hurt us a lot too and eventually the band you know disbanded I got a little bit mad and I I left the band
0: that's the thing again learning and having those experiences of being in a band yeah exactly so just in general I I don't hear a Texas accent
1: oh um yeah I was educated so Yeah. No, um. Yeah. I. I. So occasionally, I'll say a couple things like, "Hey, how are y'all doing? How are y'all doing? Y'all doing okay?" Yeah. But um, or when I get really drunk, sometimes I'll start like kind of mumbling when I speak, which is kind of, kind of the accent. But yes. no, my accent's pretty clear. I. I don't yes. have a. I don't have a strong accent. But I also spend a lot of time away from Texas too. So,
0: right.
1: uh, that might have something to do with it. But a lot of my family, they don't really have an accent either. So I think it's just. It is what it is. It's kind of a more of a stereotype than it is like a thing that everyone does. Right. Well, but people still do have it, but uh, it's not uh, it's not as widespread as you think.
0: Right. And your band in Colorado, did they record, do any recording? Uh,
1: we tried to do some recording. Um, me and Brandon definitely did some acoustic recording just like at home, but the band was never able to actually get into like a good studio to do anything official. Um, we did tour a little bit. We played in... A couple different places in in uh, in Pueblo, Colorado Springs, and Denver, just like mm. the co- like the closest cities. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing official. Once uh, the band kind of broke up, then it was just me, and I was just. That's when I kind of decided I'm not gonna do any more covers. I'm just gonna do original songs all the time, mm. and I started doing like kind of the open mic scene. That's um, I started my own uh, business doing uh, singing telegrams. Right. So, uh, there in Colorado, when I was working as a phleb, as a, as a phlebotomist, uh, my boss asked me, hey, hey, Ray, you know, you play guitar, can you go to my wife and sing her a song, it's our anniversary? And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, and I, I learned the song, and, and I went and, you know, knocked on her door and played the song, and she cried, you know, and I thought, wow, this is a really cool thing. Um and so maybe it, within the next couple of months, I, I was like, I think I can do this. I think I'm going to just do this as a job. And so I started doing... Um, I started making, you know, printouts and advertisements for a singing telegram business. So um, I got connection with one of the costume places, a place called Zizo's. It's a real famous old, old-time old costume uh, costume shop there in Colorado Springs. Right. And, uh, and so I would just rent or buy costumes from Zizo's and then... Um, uh, somebody would ask me to go play, hey, can you dress up like a ninja? Can you dress up like a cow or something? And then I would go and dress up and show up at their work and embarrass them and then right. play the song, you know. And uh, it was really great. Like, uh, I really had a lot of fun doing that. Um, occasionally, I would, like, mess up the song totally. I would get nervous. There was one time, I remember it was, like, a, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, like, really. Um... I was asked to play like a One Direction. You've heard this band, One Direction? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I was asked to play a One Direction song for these two like teenage girls. Yeah. And uh, they were like, oh, you know, just show up. W- you can get them some like, presents or prizes and balloons and stuff. And then show up at this place and-, and sing them this One Direction song. That's nice. Yeah, and I was like, okay. yeah, And I learned the song and everything was fine. And when I showed up at the place, the place was a dance studio, like a big theater dance studio. And when I went in, there was like 500 little girls, like plus the two girls that were like on their birthday. And so, oh my gosh, I'm cringing just thinking about this. Okay. So, so I went up to them and, uh, and I gave them their balloons and their the shit that I bought them. And then, um, and then I started trying to do the song and I like, like, uh. I messed up. Like, I couldn't remember how the next part goes. And then to one of the mom's credit, because the mom saw, like, what was going on. And the mom goes, okay, girls, one, two, three. And all the girls started singing the wow. song. Like, because they all fucking know it all super well. And, and I was horrified. It was horrifying. It was it was so horrifying. Yeah, so that was... one. Uh, one of the most embarrassing moments ever doing like in as doing that business, but uh, you know from then on I
0: really practiced the songs and knew them
1: <laughs> really well before that before have the you, actual gig.
0: Have you ever had stage fright before or after since then? Uh,
1: I mean yeah for sure. Uh, not stage fright to the point of not being able to like to play. Mm. But I've definitely been nervous on stage. I mean I think it's it comes with the territory of of uh, being in front of a crowd. But I think once you've done it enough, I mean, and you the whole point is to feel comfortable. When yes. you're when you think too hard about it, you know, you, you put yourself in a state of mind it's and and you are uncomfortable and the audience is uncomfortable seeing you uncomfortable. Yes. So, you know, and it goes back and forth like a like a you know, you see them and they're like pulling back and then you pull back yeah. and and it keep, continues, you know. Yes. The cycle continues. So, Like for me, I I, I try to just remember that I'm just a person, they're just people, and this is just like a room, you know, just and I can do this, like, you know, try to be as normal as possible, Um, the same I would be if I were playing for one person in front of them, I would be nervous too, but not the same kind of nervous as 500 people, but I still try to have the same mindset of, oh, I'm just playing to like one person, so just... You know, relax and, and have fun and, and, and try to just be casual you know and I think that's the best the best way to, to go about it but for sure I still do get nervous and get frightened <laughs> yes
0: so you're in Colorado Springs how long did you do this sort of thing? Uh,
1: so I was maybe doing this for about a year and a half, and then I broke my arm, actually. This wow. is what, what, what kind of led me to having to move back home, Bruh. because I, um, I was doing it full-time. I, I, I had stopped working at the, at the hospital, stopped doing phlebotomy, and I was doing like, just my own business. And, um, and then, actually, uh, I locked myself out of my apartment. Uh, or actually, I locked my keys inside my car, is what happened first. And so I was like, oh, well, I have a spare, but th- it's in my apartment, and my, my door's locked. So my balcony's open. Let me just climb up the side of my, my apartment and c- get into the balcony. And I'm on the third floor. Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so I started climbing up, and, and I was actually doing well, but, like, on the siding, they have these, like, bricks that kind of come out, like, come out of the wall. And one of the bricks that I grabbed onto, like, just came out of the wall totally. Aww. Like, so... I, it came out and then I fell and I landed on my face and landed on my on my arm and, and I broke my broke my wrist and my arm so I had to go into the hospital and it was all messed up like the uh, radial part this little ball was floating it was floating around it was all messed up. Wow so I couldn't play I couldn't play music I, I mean I couldn't play guitar I, um, for the singing telegrams I didn't play guitar. I actually played ukulele. Um, so when I would do the the, the telegrams, I'd play the ukulele because it was small and easy to carry around and I can just learn songs really easily. Um, but at this point, I, I could not do really anything. Um, I did like a couple without the ukulele and I just brought a bell. Ding, 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 ding. Hear ye, hear ye, you know. But uh, it just wasn't the same, you know. Um, and I was all like in a big cast and everything. Then I had like a bunch of medical bills and and, and debt, you know. So I ended up having to uh, go back to school. So it was at this time where I was like, "Well, what can I do? What are my options?" Um, I was thinking about joining the military. Um, so I enlisted into the Marine Corps. Um, I tried to do the Marine Corps. Uh, I went into boot camp, but they kicked me out because of um, I. <sighs> Uh, this is embarrassing. I don't know if we can cut this out later, but I have a um, a medical marijuana license from Colorado because Colorado is open, you know, open season for Ooh. for medical cannabis. So um, I had gotten a medical card since I had broken my wrist, and after I got the cast off, I was like, well, I can enlist in the military and it'll be all okay. So you know, in in the ASVAB or in the in the beginning process, you take the ASVAB, you go into Meps, and they ask you a whole lot of uh, a lot of questions, and one of the things is, have you ever had marijuana in your life and I was like no I've never had marijuana in my life you know and so then a couple a couple months go by and we're doing a training for for firearms so we all have like wooden you know wooden firearms uh to like to hold and learn how to swing around and stuff and uh and at this time I, I imagine that behind the stages they're they're actually getting our permits to to carry these rifles like to carry real rifles and I, I, I assumed that they got to mine and there, and the medical marijuana card came up, and you cannot have a gun and have a medical marijuana <laughs> license at the same time, so they were like you're out, <laughs> and so I got kicked out of uh, I get kicked out of boot camp of uh, in, in Marine Corps so wow, so um, so yeah I got kicked out and at that was whenever I was like okay I'm I moved back home to uh, to, to, to Corpus Christi because I was how like are
0: we, how long we in the boot camp for I was like uh, four weeks wow So they, that's they busted intense. my ass. They busted yeah. my ass
1: for a while and then uh and then they kicked me out, you know.
0: but you would have been like in peak physical condition? Oh yeah, I was I was in good condition for yeah. sure, for
1: sure. And then I went back home and just started eating all the Texas food. <laughs> um no, actually for a while I was I was still doing good. Like uh, even in my hometown I was running every day. Mm. Uh Actually, I didn't start actually gaining weight until um, until I moved to Shanghai, <laughs> which was just uh, a couple of years ago now. So and now I'm kind of chunky, but uh, I need to get back on on the on the routine. You know, um, I still wake up super early. I still make my bed every day. I wake up in the morning. I make my bed. It's the first thing I do, I still, I still there's still some things that I just <laughs> drilled into my head. You know. Um, so you go back home. I go back home. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I need to finish my degree. I want to go back to college. I was thinking about uh, enrolling in Colorado, but uh, the out-of-state taxes were too expensive since I was actually from Texas. Right. So I went back home to finish my degree, and uh, I got a job as a phlebotomist again, uh, and just working in a hospital, doing needles and uh, mm-hmm. venipuncture and uh, vaccinations, checking vitals and stuff. And then I, I, I uh, was taking classes at the same time, eventually... Graduated and, and able to uh,
0: to uh, to move out. Did, did you get Did you get back into the music scene when you come back?
1: Right. So I played some. Um, yeah, I, I played like some open mics, but nothing super big. I, I didn't play any build or ticketed shows, even like a poster show. I was never on any posters or anything. I just like went to open mics when they happened and and played music. And still at this point, I'm like I'm only playing original music. So I watched other people around me, you know, playing, you know, Bruno Mars or you yeah, know, Ed Sheeran or whatever the fuck, and and yeah. while me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play my own songs, and uh, I can see them moving up and me staying exactly where I am. Yeah, you know, but that that's just kind of how it is, um, especially with uh, with original music in the genre that I'm playing. I I, I definitely uh, <laughs> just uh, st- kind of stayed stagnant for a while um, until I was. You know, good enough to start actually doing some real shows.
0: Right. And were you writing originals at this stage? Yeah. Uh, I, so since the Green Tangerine, right. the band, right. I had been
1: writing originals. We had, we'd done a lot of original music, um, original music that I wrote or that me and my partner, uh, Brandon, wrote together. Once we broke up, me and Brandon were not really on the best of terms. We had some, we had a, a falling out. We're still friends now, him, me, and Shauna. <laughs> So him and Shauna were actually a couple, oh. um, and uh, we're all still friends, but there's definitely still some kind of, there's some some walls yes. <laughs> that have gone up since then, for sure. Um, yeah, um, so I had been writing originals throughout all this time, um, and by the time I went back home, I had a whole nest of originals that, that I was playing, just um, still working on and still trying to make better. um. Yeah, once what I so. once I finished college, um, I was kind of just working and I did a couple things just around town. But uh, eventually, I decided to move move to China. I was working at the city gas department also, and I remember I was just sitting in in like the backseat of one of the trucks, like and it was like early in the morning, and we were going to you know going to a location to dig in the mud and muck and stuff, and I just thought man, I, I just want to, like, travel somewhere. What if I move to China? And it's like, it's the year of the monkey, man. I'm a monkey. Let's, <laughs> let's let's move to China. Like, I'm going to move to China. So I just, you know, throughout my life, I've always, like, uh, if I set a goal, I feel like I've, I've been able to achieve it with just, you know, persistence, you know. Um,
0: so was China always on the radar or just... Come um, up? Asia was always on the radar. Right.
1: I've always had a but but China seemed a little bit more mysterious to me than um, than like Japan and and also I kind of was thinking like oh long term future with like Japan and I was like oh well Japan's like a little tiny little island thing it can be washed away by the ocean <laughs> you know but China is big and strong you know. So um yeah China was kind of always kind of there as a as as a, as a as a place for me to to go visit. At this time I'd never been overseas. I'd spent a lot of time traveling around uh, the country but never really over over uh, over overseas. And so I just set the goal and 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 started working towards it. Uh, I didn't even have a passport at that time and so I was working on getting a passport and and uh, just saving up money to, to to be able to do it. And I was looking for jobs. Um, originally, I wanted to, because um, I'm in the medical field, I, I wanted to uh, join the uh, Doctors Without Borders. Um, so they actually aren't just in Asia, but they're everywhere. But a lot of the places that they go to are very dangerous. Like they'd be in mm-hmm. like Syria, and the hospital that they're working at just gets bombed suddenly, and you know, a lot of dead people. So yeah. um, it was really dangerous. I thought, at that time so um, I tried to join Peace Corps but there was like a two year waiting list and then uh, and then I just decided well I can just move on my own and there's so many teaching jobs teaching jobs are so easy to get and they're high paying and so I mean that was the easiest thing for me to do to to get a job teaching Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, my first year I spent in Beijing and then I moved to Shanghai after that
0: so what was what was your first impression of and The that first was,
1: thing I remember the first thing I thought whenever I got like out into the uh, like into the taxi and driving to like my hotel I was like man it really smells. <laughs> it, it smells out here and like is that the smog everyone's talking about? Should I be like mm. Yeah. And then they had like a water bottle like waiting for me in, in the thing and I drank the water I'm like this water tastes strange, you know. <laughs> and it was just like on and on like those little things like wake yeah. up calls of like this is a different place. Get used to it.
0: <laughs> so, what year was this that you came to Beijing?
1: At the end of twenty seventeen, the beginning of twenty eighteen, because I've been here for almost five.
0: Right. How was your Chinese at that stage? Um, so I had been practicing
1: Pimsleur, um, so I had a little bit of things I could say like, you know, ni <laughs> yin you know, blah blah blah, wo shuo de you know. And that's still the amount of Chinese I know now. Five years later, I'm still like, that's where I am. <laughs> I'm like at that point of Chinese right now. So, um, yeah, my Chinese hasn't really gotten so so much better. I even dated a, you know, they say, oh, you should just date a Chinese girl who only speaks Chinese. And I tried that, and it didn't work out. Doesn't work out. It, <laughs> it does not work out. She's one of the best people I've ever dated. And, like, we, there's a stopping point of, like, okay, well, this cannot go any further without communication and since we can't communicate it's like it's really difficult so we ended up breaking up for that reason I hear
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you in beijing for and uh were you still writing music at this stage. yes
1: yes yes some of us I, I wrote a lot of music in in beijing actually some of my my be- like uh, pearls the, the the song that's kind of like my hit song <laughs> yes. i wrote in beijing just out of the blue kind of came to me and i and i you know, played it a lot.
0: So um, you, were pl- you were playing shows in Beijing? I played a few yeah.
1: shows in Beijing, but not anything huge. Just a couple places that were that allowed me to play. Um, there was this one, like maybe my second or third week in, in, in Beijing, there was this uh, guy selling newspapers, you know, as they do. You know, there's a lot of them around. And I don't know, I just started talking to this guy or trying to talk to this guy and I asked him, hey, is it okay if I like busk here next to your shop? You know, and he was like, "Yeah." He even wrote me a sign in Chinese, and and uh, even to this day, we're still friends, and he calls me uh, my China daddy. As he says, <laughs> 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 and uh, and I still have the note that he wrote for me one time. He's like, "Oh, this this uh, La Wai musician, uh, um, you know, give him money if you can." Blah blah blah, something like that. And uh, so I played music next to him, just you know, played my originals, and and I met a lot of just friends through that just doing that and people come up to me like hey your music's really good and I still have some of those friends as as like friends like real good friends on my uh, on my WeChat even now um, just from you know putting myself out there like that which I haven't really like since I had been a a runaway you know I haven't really put myself outside like that in, Mm -hmm. in years at this point and so it was just like kind of like putting on an old old pair of shoes yeah you know and like doing it again and like getting the crowd and like feeling good about it and it was you know better than others you can really gauge on how people react to songs and you can kind of you know figure out like what songs are really working and what songs are not really working so well um before i would play covers but now i was doing originals and you know you could see the difference in in response to one or the other I think Chinese people don't actually know what is a cover and what is original, so that yeah. kind of benefits me a little bit. You know, <laughs> to where if I if my original sounds as good as a co- as a cover song, then we're in good we're good, you
0: know. <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, a couple of girls come up to uh, play one of the shows, and who plays that Lady Maybe song? I, I tried to find it on Spotify, and it's not on there. And I was like, "That's our song. We did." <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I didn't. Know. I thought it was a cover song. So anyway, it's very interesting. Was it difficult to adapt coming to Beijing at the start of it? I just downloaded Didi
1: like four days ago. Oh, really? <laughs> for the first time in five <laughs> years. Like, and I didn't realize how easy it was. <laughs> yeah. I, it just like kind of threw me off because uh, my boss was like, yeah, just download the app. And so I downloaded Didi and then immediately it was like, where do you want to go? Yeah. This is where you are. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. It was so easy. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't had Didi the entire time I've been here. I would always hail a cab or I'd take a bicycle. No. Or I take the subway, but um, I had spent so much time just hailing cabs that I just thought that, eh, it's fine, you know. Yeah. Like, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. I'll hail a cab, but now I'm like, oh man, exactly go exactly the place. You're not overcharged ever. Yeah. You know that's that's the good thing. It's like anytime I would hail a cab, I would always rely on their generosity. You know they'll they'll click the low button where the meter goes oh, like twice as fast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: You you go from here to here, and instead of going like that, they'll go. <laughs> you know, you know, take you on the long route. Oh, busy traffic! <laughs> take you uh, uh... Did you do the touristy thing in Beijing? Uh, were you not into that. You just you know.
1: I I mean, I, of course, I saw the places. Uh, like my first couple of my first couple of weeks in Beijing, I, I went to all the places that uh, that were like the the staple places yeah. to go to. But, like, I wasn't really super into it. I, I mean, uh, Beijing is nice, but it, the, the culture in Beijing, I don't think, is really as prominent as even here in Shanghai, where, where everything's a little bit more... I think things in Shanghai are just older, you know? Right. Um, everything in Beijing seems kind of... I, I did not like living in, 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 in Beijing. Um, I, I felt like it was just, like, always gray, just, like... The trees are in perfect uniform, you know, down the line, and everything's just. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Mm. Just, just wasn't wasn't my city. I didn't really like it so much.
0: Shanghai has turned into like a very modern, modern. City.
1: I mean, I think there's pros and cons to every, uh, to any city that you live in. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's people in Shanghai who are angry about how they tear down old structures and build new ones, but. There's still a lot of old culture hidden away oh, yeah. in different places that uh, you sure. can still find, and it's still yeah. great to, to go see. So but, what?
0: So was that the reason why you moved to Shanghai?
1: But? Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think it was. Uh, I just really wanted to see other cities, and uh, originally I was actually gonna move to Xiamen. Oh
0: yeah.
1: I was gonna move to Xiamen, and then um, the school that I was working for said, "Hey, you know, we have some some uh, some schools." You know, our company is in other places, you know, we'll pay for your trip to go over there and everything. So I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they paid for my trip to come over to to Shanghai and it was pretty easy. It wasn't so, wasn't a tough move.
0: I was able to get all my stuff over here and everything. So it was, it was nice. And again, the same question, like uh, adapting to Shanghai was it a nice easy
1: transition. So um even in the beginning when you asked uh, about adapting to the city, I mean, of course the the culture the the, the language barrier was always a thing. Mm. Getting used to like the food of like my idea of Chinese food and actual Chinese food of course is different, you know, cuz actually in, in my home like or in in the US, Chinese food is like my favorite. Yeah. Like so if I uh, or American Chinese food anyway. <laughs> So, uh, you know, when I would treat myself in the little times when I would actually have money, I would go to, like, a Chinese restaurant or, like, a Chinese buffet or something and just yeah. eat everything. And then coming here, it's like, oh, the, my favorite foods are not here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's not really Chinese. <laughs> it's not real Chinese. Yeah, that's okay, right. Chinese. Okay, so, um, but adapting to the city wasn't as, as difficult as you would think. Um, since I had already moved to a lot of different cities mm. and had put myself in a lot of strange places, it really wasn't that different as moving to any other city. It was the same thing, going online, finding roommates, finding yes. a place to stay, uh, renting, and, 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 and working, and commuting, and... It, it seemed very similar to any other place that I, I lived, yeah. besides the fact that most people don't speak what I'm speaking. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it was pretty, pretty much
0: the same. For the Brazilian girls, or the... Oh, my gosh. Of, um, just sort of everyone ther- is beautiful everywhere. Thank oh, you. No. there you go. No. Uh, <laughs> That's a good answer.
1: Girls are beautiful. Like, I'm everywhere. I'm constantly, um, just, I, I think there's like, because um, I lived in Texas and, uh, and, and I've lived in other places, but like, when you, like, like an Asian girl, like in in the U. S., is kind of like a, a sought after thing. You know, you you see this beautiful girl, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's cute and beautiful, and a little nerdy or something, and and there's there's an attraction to that. So when I moved here. I wasn't used to like that being all around me all the time. So it's like I still like I go through the subway and I'm like, she's adorable and she's adorable and she's adorable. And I would date any of them because they're all so adorable. You know, so it's it's like that. It was even worse when I visited Hong Kong. Like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, everywhere, everywhere. And it's so compact. Everyone's like like together and like touching arms and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's like everyone is beautiful, so. And also, everyone's beautiful, and everyone's already dating somebody. So. That's right. The good ones
0: are taken, and. And the crazy ones are. Uh, Still (laughs) looking. So, uh, coming to Shanghai, how long did it take for you to jump into the music scene and start playing as well in Shanghai?
1: Yeah, I mean, I probably found an open mic. I I started playing a Yontong open mic, like right. pretty regularly. Um, so I was doing that for a long time. Like I would just go to the open mic. I would make like uh, they would do it on Mondays, I think. And so I would just like set that day and be like I'll practice for the Monday and, and go play the open mic. So it was very similar to what I was doing when I was in Texas. Uh, you know, going to the open mics or even whenever I was playing alone in Colorado, just go targeting open mics. Once they stopped the Yu Tong open mic, well, they stopped for COVID, first mm-hmm. of all, um, and then they never never returned. Like They didn't want to do it anymore. Right. Um, and that's basically when we started doing our shows. Like, whenever I started... You, you've heard of the Mojo shows, yeah. the, the one me and Zedgy Tanner do together. So originally, the idea for that was like, let's do our open mic. Let's have an open mic that, uh, that we're responsible for. And so we kind of ran it as an open mic for a while, for maybe like two or three of them They were just like straight up open mics it was a it, race
0: it, it was a race to put your name on the board right yeah and
1: then, <laughs> and then it just it just became easier for us to just book bands to yes. play those you know uh, new bands that wanted to play it was easier to like oh well this band wants to play and this band wants to play it started off with one major band then it was like two bands and now we're doing like six bands each night you know we do two a month and uh it's always like a big lineup now of, of people. I even have the, the next like two already scheduled up with you know bands to play. Right. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that uh, as, as far as like to fill in that space of like a place for new bands to play where there's not really a place for them to be heard. Or, um, and the, the, the venue is able to like listen to them and if they like them, they'll put them on the bill for a Saturday. So they're getting those opportunities thanks to these Mojo shows that we're, really
0: we're cool. able to put together. So you gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great that you give the uh, these bands an opportunity to get out there and play their music, do their thing. That's great for the like the future. Are you gonna continue to do this? Uh, do you plan? What are your sort of plans? So, I'm. Um,
1: you asked me before if I could see this as a career, like if. You know, I, I wouldn't be able, to, at this moment, I cannot quit my job to, to pursue this thing. Um, I'm doing it as a hobby, but I feel like, you know, it's it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing, and I'm doing more and more, and my name's becoming more and more out there, that I, I feel like it's just snowballing into something bigger. So I feel like if I'm just persistent enough, maybe it'll lead to something mm. better, bigger and better. Yeah. Um, maybe one day we will be able to book those. You know, out those out of town bands, the the bands yes. on the other side of the world to come and, and, and play and, and make you know make a decent money doing you know organizing shows like that. But I can
0: I can just see it in sorry sorry to cut off no, you off. No, no. Um, I can just see it in the future. The bands, there's gonna be so many bands out there that are want to travel that they just want to play. So like the before it was like oh. You got to have this amount of money to to come and you know all these bands. Now it's gonna be like, we'll just come. You know, if yeah. they can get a crowd, okay, whatever you can pay us. I think it's gonna be so good for music, and I hope when people people go out to shows. I mean, you can go out to shows now, but mm-hmm. when the international bands come out, you've got to go and see them.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure, and I'm sure people are gonna to flock to those shows yeah. for sure. I mean, they always did, even before before everything. I mean, a band, like bands would come in through, and, and people would line up to go see them. So
0: I'm still waiting for... Uh, I've got uh, two Green Day tickets in Hong Kong. Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for Green Day to come to Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they booked a show. Uh, they were doing an Asia tour. Yeah, Hong Kong. So they're being rescheduled for... One day, <laughs> one day. Sometime. So we're just sort of wait waiting for that. And for your music, mm-hmm. um, are you going to record sort of new songs? Uh, what are you sort of your plans for your music? So um, I definitely need
1: to record like a a full album. Uh, I have some EPs of just like acoustic uh, playing live, live acoustic. You know, some stuff. Um, I've been working on a couple of songs like in the studio uh, putting the pieces together like little by little um, like okay now we're going to come in and we're going to do the piano okay now this day we're going to come in yeah. and do the bass or now we're going to do the uh, the background vocals or you know so just piece by piece I've been putting uh, putting some stuff together but it's it's a lot of work in progress and also I'm paying out of pocket to do it so
0: I thought you would have like just went in and, and did your own thing like acoustic guitar so actually getting a like Session place to come in and yeah no I, I want to put
1: together a real album I, I have nice. tons of acoustic uh, recordings me too yeah. you know um, I actually did a, a so the the EP I think I sent it to you this yes. morning um, it's from uh, my live house I went to my live house and recorded uh, just a live acoustic there they they nice. leveled me and everything and and it the the recording is very good but it's just not sellable I can't sell it I I definitely want to put together something more structured something more official and uh, something you could play on the radio or they can be in the background of like a, a, a movie or something. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of my goal. Like, I, I would like to see my music in like a movie or in movies just to coast off of that for the rest of my life. <laughs> that can happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you've got to get out there. you got to do it. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, consistent. You are. My you are. moving towards it. You know, I'm trying my best to, you know, put my name out there for sure. Um, playing more shows I, I've been I played more shows in the last year than I've ever played ever you know really um, even is it with a band like or with my band back in Colorado I, I've definitely played way more shows here and legit shows like shows on a bill getting yeah. paid uh, on the flyer you know prominent billing you know everything everything is uh, is is kind of Lining up to, to something bigger, so I think if I'm just persistent, it's it's gonna work itself out.
0: Um, and we've played with you quite a few times as well. Yeah, yeah, hey, I like you guys. Y'all guys are good. I'm uh, trying to, yeah. That's what I
1: uh, you know. Um, you were t- asking me about uh, my you know getting stage fright, and what mm-hmm. I admire about Josh, who's the head of your band, um, is is how charismatic he is on stage. Like, uh, I that's one of his best qualities of his charisma on stage, and just like. Being supernatural and witty and funny, like, as a frontman, that's, like, just, it's really gold to see, even if good he's time. not necessarily the best singer or the best guitar player, like, uh, to see him play is is very is very entertaining. It's a show. It's a show, and people, people will go to see it, because yeah. it's, it's
0: it's nice, and it's endearing, and it's good. I always try to encourage him to do that as well. Go down there. You know, he's got his wireless uh, guitar now, so... Any time he doesn't sing, he goes into the crowd. It, it, you know, totally agree. You're playing with Rat King. You're playing with all these sort of hardcore metal bands. Yeah. And there's radio on the bill <laughs> down the bottom there. Ladies Acoustic Show. But that's the cool thing about the whole Shanghai music scene that uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, you want to have like the same style of music. But, yeah. you know, I like having that the variety to... Have a rock band and a metal band and like an acoustic band, like you know, acoustic solo, like yourself. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been able
1: to get myself onto bills just because I've booked so many bands, <laughs> that's right. so they all, all owe me great. favors. I'm like, they're like, hey, you want to play this show as an opener? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm the best opener in town, man.
0: <laughs> and like we said, uh, we are your show, so um, we're talking about that. So um, hopefully, we'll. Be able to play. I'm sure we'll play with you in the future. In the for world. sure, for sure. Do you have plans to sort of stay in China long term, or you don't so, want to think about that yet? Um,
1: within the last year, since uh, since COVID happened, since I started booking these shows, I actually got my own business license. So I'm doing this like under the guise of my business. Um, so I I do get legitimate contracts with the uh, with the venues and. Uh, and uh, and I'm getting you know income through uh to my to my business and and out again to my personal, but um, yeah I mean for for now like uh, I I started this business and and uh, and I intend to continue doing it um I'm already we're already working on my next year uh visa for my my visa for right? next year because I have my own visa, um so that's what I'm kind of doing now um just uh working using my business to 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 help coordinate these bands and, and coordinate the, uh, the the business with the uh, with the venues mm-hmm. I mean for right now I intend to stay eventually I want to move for sure to another place mm-hmm. I think if something ever happens I, I don't know what could happen but if I ever get kicked out of China um, I would try to move to Taiwan or maybe Japan or something like that mm-hmm. I kind of want to stay in Asia and uh, and and continue continue to admire the beautiful women around me come
0: on <laughs> Just lots of beautiful women around me <laughs> Uh, I, went, I went to South Korea a couple, of, uh, two years ago and I did the tour, I did, I did Korea and then Japan and the Philippines and, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of, lots of really, uh, very nice people. Alright, where can we find uh, your music uh, for our Australian listeners? Okay, so um, if you're in Australia and you're listening, you can go
1: onto YouTube. You can look up Radio Shanghai just on YouTube, and you can find uh, some of my uh, some of my, my videos that I've recorded. Um, I'm also on SoundCloud. Um, I think it's Radio Three, Radio Three, or please it, make sure you put Radio and then Shanghai or Three. Yeah, exactly. Because so, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to like or even in SoundCloud, if you search Radio R A Y D I O. And then Shanghai next to it, my my stuff will definitely pop up, uh like as on the top stuff. So uh if you are interested in listening to my music, you can find me on SoundCloud, you can find me on YouTube, uh Reverb Nation. I'm also on Reverb Nation. And uh and I think for right now that's it. Um I'm not in any of the big platforms yet, but that's because I don't have a a super professional EP that I wanna put out there on the Spotify, Kiki Music and things yep. like that I, I definitely want to wait until I have something really good to put on that stuff so mm-hmm. uh, for right now just uh, you can follow me on the YouTube that's what I use the most and uh, SoundCloud I use for um recording just kind of like new newer songs and things and um and reverb Nation i just have there for for recordings too so now we're going to get to our <laughs> no, our,
0: oh no. our questions oh no. our, our... the ones i
1: didn't prepare for no that's
0: <laughs> that's the thing we can't have it prepared Complain. and it should be on the spot right are you ready yeah i guess so. all right okay we've been talking about music who are your top three favorite uh bands or artists as of today
1: Whole time. okay I guess my favorite I, I really love Radiohead I've loved Radiohead for a long time I really like their music influenced by them a lot uh, I'm influenced by Dave Matthews a lot mm-hmm. and Elliot Smith I think mm-hmm. are, are two like in the acoustic genre that I just really aspire to try to emulate um, I love Dave Matthews like his voice like the way he sings this is his kind of soulful voice I just I, I love his voice um, I actually picked up his um, live in Radio City. Have you ever heard live at Radio City? He has a, an acoustic uh, DVD. Yeah, right. Yeah, when I was maybe uh, 14, 15, I, I, I picked this DVD up, and it has, even to this day, like, I listen to the songs, and I just sob. I'm like, oh, I remember listening to these songs when I was, like, in the most sad moments of my life. Like, But it has influenced, like, what I'm doing now. I, I can see myself, in my music now, trying to do what what that does, and and so that's what really kind of hits me hard. Um, Elliot Smith also, um, a great acoustic artist who you know who who went a little bit too young, but is still uh, still influencing people to this day. And his music is just so beautiful and uh, <laughs> inspirational, especially um, how he plays the guitar, like. He has like these little licks that are so small, but are just so, mm, so good. So the way Elliot Smith plays guitar and the way Dave Matthews plays or sings songs, I, I just love the combination of those two things. Um, and then the last I would say is right now I've been listening to this band called Fung Suave. or Fung Suave. Um, I found them on YouTube, but they are awesome. They're from the Netherlands and they just play really cool, casual Just chill music, and I just love what they're doing. Um, They're a new band. Um, They're they've put out a couple of EPs, but um, they they are very fantastic, and I like them a lot. Every single song I hear by them is so good. It's a smash, so uh, I would recommend them. Feng Suave,
0: Feng Suave. It's F E N G S U A V E Suave. Okay, so uh, coming close to Shanghai, who are your top four? favorite uh, artists in shanghai oh local original, local original music thing yes. local artists yes
1: i have to say deku deku's one of my favorite yes. bands um they're so good um i'm really into like the bands i play with uh that are my friends um snuff disco and flip house um they they are my like flip house is so good and i, I love yes. their music you can find them on on yeah, every the every new day. the new album's great yeah it's so good Flip House and, and, and uh, Stuff Disco I'm wearing their shirt right They're now representing <laughs> representing right now um, and I do love um, uh Rat King another uh, Rat King yeah. is just I love them because they remind me of 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 like my of being a, a preteen you know being a little teenager and going to crazy shows and getting knocked around all over the place. Uh, so it really reminds me of my childhood, so I really like them a lot. Also, this uh, little band called Full Throttle, uh, <laughs> Chief <Pop>. or, uh, <laughs> or as some would say, Star Made in Apocalypse. Oh wow, now we're getting back in time. <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me the other day, they were like, man, I saw Star Made in Apocalypse like four years ago, and they were awful. <laughs> It's like, well, they're changed now. They're pretty different from whatever they used to be.
0: It's, it's, a, it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. They used to play at all the open mics. And that, that's the story. I, um, the first open mic okay. mic that I went to when I went to Shanghai, they played there. Hmm. Um, and I just said, I like that song, Jenny. Uh, I've got that. My dad's got that on like vinyl. If you want to jam, hit me up. And they did, three weeks later. Nice. And now all of them have gone. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just me and Josh, so... Um, so you're uh, a different band now. We just need that uh, that low end, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why haven't you gone seek- seeking out a bass player?
0: Uh, I think it's a bit of a comfort comfort thing. It's not like a urgent... You're
1: doing fine without them. You're still playing a lot of shows, and yeah.
0: you're, I really love I Carbon. Got... Carbon,
1: they haven't been playing uh... a lot, but they're really good. Dude, they're gonna play with me on my birthday show. Oh, really? Yeah, they're playing on the third. Oh, I have them coming back. Yeah, they're uh-huh. not gonna they're not gonna stay together for longer after that. But oh, that's uh, so cool. But uh, are...
0: give you um, uh, give you plugs uh, to uh, your upcoming shows. Oh, okay. So uh, next three
1: shows, I have three shows. One uh, is my birthday show on July the third. Which is at Lofa's. Uh, I'm playing with Carbon, uh, Flip House, and White Ink. White Ink, Carbon, and Flip House, and yeah. me, and me. Damn
0: you! Yeah. Red 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 Red. 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 <laughs> We're playing the week after the
1: very next, <laughs> <laughs> the very next day uh, on July the fourth, which is a holiday. I'm playing with. Um, it's gonna be me. Um, this dude named Mario, who's the guy who interviewed me, the on the video. Did you, I don't know if you saw that. The the guy who did video. I saw interview. a little bit of it. But anyway, uh, he has like a he looks like Mario. That's why he calls himself Mario. <laughs> um, uh, this girl named Islet Huang, who's actually from art uh, from uh, Beijing, and I'm actually paying for her trip to come and go. Um, and then Spaghetti Cowboys and William the Wong Kai. Oh my gosh!
0: Oh, there you go.
1: My favorite. <laughs> I should have said Willie and the Wonka, actually, they're one of my favorites, yeah, too, because cool. um, they um, uh, they play, like, my style, my genre of music, and they're also just very fantastic.
0: they so passionate up on stage. Yeah, like, oh my yeah, gosh, years yeah,
1: years yeah, 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 so good, so good. Um, so, th- uh, that's on the 4th of July, and then on the 11th of July, I'm playing at my Live house with uh, Snuff Disco, uh, a Beijing band uh, that I'm, we're also paying to come down here called um, daydream and then a local like college band called uh, green Young green Young um all, both the two Chinese bands green Young and daydream they're also like high status like big bands. Um, so I'm really lucky to have them to come on and play with us um, as far as like Chinese artists a lot of Chinese people know who they are Um, and then Snuff Disco they're just like my friends and favorites so I I love to have them play um, with me
0: and Vigilantes come on uh, you're going to play drums twice I don't know yet I don't know oh that's
1: right that's right it's not confirmed
0: yeah so if if they find a drummer, the Vigilantes, <laughs> the wink, people. wink, uh, then, then maybe they might be able to play at the show. So that that's all to, to be confirmed as well. You, so, you, you are replacing the hot drummer,
1: man. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you would be if they yeah, say yes. That's you. Such a shame. It's, she's
0: so... I'm mm, going to text her right now. <laughs> You're getting replaced by a, a, yeah, yeah, some dude from uh, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway uh your four all-time favorite albums albums um
1: in rainbows by radiohead i really love in rainbows Mm. Uh, people would say okay computer's good but i in rainbows really hits a special spot with me because of when it came out was i was like 15 at that time and it was right around the my my angst ages of uh of being alive (laughs) um I really love Thirteenth Step mm. by uh, by a Perfect Circle. Thirteenth Step is 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 in Lateralis by uh, is, Tool. Does that have Judas on it? Thirteenth uh, Step. It has. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 Judith. Right. Yeah. Oh, Judith is on the the previous one. Now, this one has a uh, weak and powerless. It's, you know over you and uh, gravity. You know. There's a whole bunch of good songs on that. Like, but from beginning to end, it's magical. It's a magical experience to just listen to that song from that album from beginning to end. I mean, um, I I don't want to say anything cliche like oh, Dark Side of the Moon. You know, it's everyone's <laughs> favorite album. Or like uh, uh, Abbey Road or something. But um, I, I I used to listen to this band. I still kind of do listen to them. Uh, the Decemberists have this ba- This album called. Um, uh, I think it's one, one of the songs on it is Wanting Comes in Waves but it's like a, it's an opera like a rock opera and it's very very good by this band called The Decemberists have you heard of them? Mm, no let me see if I can find it real quick yeah um, I, I saw them live in Colorado once and uh, you know you know where Colorado is like in the middle yeah. of, the, of the country
2: yeah.
1: and uh, and this Decemberist they came out and they were like yo this song is about the ocean it's like, I know a lot of y'all from Colorado, don't know what the ocean is, but but it's a big body of water. <laughs> oh, The Hazards of Love. Right. It's the album called The Hazards of Love by the Decemberists. I really, really love that album. It's so, so good. It's a very, very good, good album. So I try to stay away from my favorite bands and just kind of give you some uh, give you some stuff that is different, but uh, that's one one that comes to mind that I listen to from beginning to end and I think is really, really
0: good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll check that. Mm-hmm. Are you a sports
1: fan? Uh you know, kind of. I mean, I, I definitely have, I've, I've seen sports.
0: supporting <laughs> teams like college or. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so
1: um, people from my hometown are into the Cowboys, right? Because I'm from Texas. Cowboys. cowboys. Yeah. But uh, also, um, since I lived in Colorado, I, I watching Denver a little bit, so oh, I watch okay, them because yeah. they're a good team. You know, one of the things about the, the about Denver is that you know, they're training in the fucking, in the mountains. You know, whenever uh, whenever a team goes and plays in Denver, they can't even breathe, they don't know how to throw the ball correctly. Mm-hmm. But like this team, they tra- train in that high altitude, so they're like machines when <clears throat> they go and play other places. So I think they're very good. College, um, you know, I like uh, the uh, the Longhorns as, mm-hmm. as far as a, as a football team. Um, I like the Spurs as far as a basketball San team. Spurs, um, yes. uh, San Antonio Spurs. And that's just because I spent time in San Antonio, so I, you know, know. It would be like if the Spurs won a game, uh, the convenience stores in San Antonio would give you a free coffee. Right. So, like, <laughs> yeah, so so anytime they'd win a game, everybody would be like, yeah, free coffee, woo! <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: and I mean, they still do that. They still do that.
1: Yeah, I guess those are kind of like the teams that I kind of keep an eye out for.
0: World destinations. I want, I want you to tell me uh, your three or four... Uh, top places you've been to in the world, mm-hmm. and then four place, four places that you want to go to. I, you know, I always wanted
1: to go to like uh, Norway. I've always wanted to like visit Norway. I've never been there, um, and and I would really like to go there. Mm. Um, as far as places like metal,
2: yeah, exactly, <laughs> black metal. I want to burn some churches. I
1: want to, I want to <laughs> make a necklace out of my friend's skull. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I had always talked about like wanting to move there when I was younger. I like I want to oh, no. go to Norway, but um, I think as far as places that I have been to that I really love, um, Colorado Springs is in like the, one of the top places I've ever been to. It is beautiful there. It's it's a gorgeous place to live. I'm just I remember just driving to work every day. I would just be so happy in the morning, seeing the sun come up and all the trees and the mountains and and just like the way that all the roads kind of or like, you know, and you can see all the houses kind of like going like this and it's just a gorgeous place to live. I, and I really love living sure. there. Um, yeah. Well, uh, that's a little bit more north. You know, you could do oh, right. that place. Like they have the little mountains like Pikes Peak. Um, Pikes Peak actually used to be a, uh, a railroad because they would uh, transport like a military goods across like over the mountain. So kind of this train track that goes all the way up the mountain um, but they removed all the steel and the only thing that's left are these like wooden pillars like the you know and they're like steps and so there's this thing called the incline where people will just like go up the stairs you know and get to the top of the mountain and it's a pain in the ass to get up there it's like a 2 mile you know like a you know 4 kilo k- kilometers to go up you know and uh and it's just like uh, it's it's difficult to be like a workout so like yeah. you know, once a week you go and climb the incline you would be like
0: yeah <laughs> it's really uh, nice Sorry, with the sporting like uh, I think the Colorado Rockies the stadium is mile high stadium the mile high stadium yeah because um, if,
1: uh, so Denver is, is is higher elevated than where Colorado Springs is right. so Denver they call it the mile high the mile high city right. because it's it's the elevation is higher like by a long shot, than a lot of the other places.
0: Apparently, ball goes further because of the air.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like uh, when teams go and play there, they don't know how to
0: adapt. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: and and also like they have breathing problems, and because they can't, right. you know. So you'll see them tire easier, and, and that's and well, that's why the Denver team is so good all the yeah. time. You know, because they're training in that like low oxygen, high altitude, you know, space.
0: And I can't believe that they sh- they had a World Series there a, a couple of years ago colorado were in the world series and one of the games they played like in like early november and it was just coming down the snow and they, they still had to play and they had like all you could see with the players were just their eyes they had all these you know, masks and stuff. yeah masks yes um very interesting
1: we, um, I When I was there in Colorado, a couple of times I worked some like, temp jobs, temp jobs and one time me and my friend, we got picked to go and, uh, and sweep the snow, shovel the snow out of the stadium. Yeah, right. So yeah, so me, us and like full, uh, 50 other people were just like shoveling and cleaning snow off the stadiums because like, the game was like the next day or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, um, it's, it's a really nice place. I, I love Colorado as a, as a place to, to live. Um, I love Shanghai uh, the reason I've been here so long and I've spent a lot of time in other places But like in little bursts like I'll be here for a little bit And then I'll move because mm-hmm. I just kind of get restless and bored of the place, but Shanghai I've been here the longest because it's so great It's yeah. a great city to live in the people here are great The the community is great and there's a lot of great things to do so
0: and it's, it's such a shame uh, And maybe I'm just generalizing but uh, the US and Australia and the UK Um, you know, the people only see the bad things about China. So they have this sort of preconceived, idea of what yeah. China is like. Yeah. Um, and I mean there are definitely some negatives for sure. Oh, of course, there of course. For sure. And
1: I mean not all the things that people think are necessarily wrong. I mean there yeah. are a lot of
2: problems
1: with Oh definitely. The, the government. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um but I mean as far as like standard of living, I mean the people here are doing great, I feel like and, and I'm 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 really happy. My standard of living is very high compared to any other time in my life, mm. you know, with a job that i can get out of basically high school here you know um you know like a lot of people don't even need degrees to do what they're doing here and 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 they're getting good money you know to do it so yeah
0: and like we talked about before like uh, uh i saw you on friday night that was chimera cult mm-hmm. then i saw you on the saturday night and it was loose booty and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and totally different but there's so many uh places to go and see music and mm-hmm. Uh, especially in, that I know in Australia they just don't have that understanding of that That yeah they just have this whole uh, notion of what China and Shanghai is about like my mom and sister come and I was like whoa it's just like another it's just totally blown away I just I didn't think it would be like this and yeah. I was like I've been telling you (laughs) all this time.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean that goes into what you were saying or what I was saying about like, oh, did you have to adapt? Yeah, you know, it's like not really because it's like any other city in the world, really. Yeah, you know, or even better sometimes in in a lot of ways. So,
0: so have you got one more place that you you, want you want to go to visit that I want to go
1: to? I I definitely. um, I went to Japan. I really love Japan. I'd like to see more places in Japan. Me too. What impressed me the most about Japan? Was the toilets. Oh my gosh. What yes. a what a what a whole new world we live in where like it's always warm when you sit down, it's always clean as fuck, and and you could just like there's the buttons that just do everything.
2: You Why know, talk to me. I want It was talking to me. <laughs> do you want warmer?
0: Yeah. Press here for warmer. <laughs> Press two for spray. Yeah. And it's like this is so cool. <laughs> I'm
1: like, yes, get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <I'm in> there. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> Such an experience. No, yeah. Um, First time you said it again. I love that,
1: and then also the people are, on the surface, they're very very nice. I, I can imagine people saying, well, you know, they seem nice, but they're kind of like just you know,
0: no, they're nice. Well, they've got the Olympic Games, so they gotta start getting. In they're not there. gonna.
1: They're not gonna open up the the borders for anybody though. The the borders in Japan are still pretty pretty tight. Um, I don't think. I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to travel. Yeah. Besides the the players themselves, I think Japan got
0: hit pretty hard as well. Yeah,
1: and and even the players are going to be under strict restrictions for uh, for for, you know, they're probably going to come in. They're, they're probably going to come in early. Have to do a quarantine. You know, there's yeah. going to be problems. There's and going to be people
0: sneaking out. There's going to be you know? uh, countries boycotting it, and some that are going to come. I like that you're well traveled as well. Um, I, I liked it. People have cut, You have gone and seen different things. I mean, I think that's what more people need to do: go out to big world. Oh, for sure. Last, <laughs> last question: uh, Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero?
1: Woo! Inspiration slash hero: Batman. <laughs> and, uh, Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You're serious about that one, huh? Yeah. No, um, that's not true. Um, Josh Peckham. Josh <laughs> hey, I do admire what he does. Yeah. Um, he's not my hero, but I do like I do like what uh, what he does on stage. Um, I do like his uh, his charisma. Um, I I like I would say like Dave Matthews probably Dave Matthews yeah. probably like is what I aspire to be like this man who's like, just like rugged but has these beautiful soft songs. And has this really nice voice and he's in movies and he's in television and he's you know just uh, uh, I, I, I think that's kind of like one of my heroes and Elliot Smith too like mm-hmm. what he's done and as far as music is concerned I, I think I would consider that my like my, my what I idolize uh, the most uh, as far as doing what I'm doing now. I think I think that, that's
0: what I would that I would say. That's a good answer. <laughs> good answer to finish it off, Brady, <laughs> Uh, you're waving. You're waving the flag for Shanghai music. You've always uh helped me out, supported my bands. Uh, here in Shanghai. Uh, good luck with everything. I hope that you continue. Uh, you know, giving uh, new bands the opportunity to play. Uh, good luck with the album. Hope it all, and come back on when it's finished, and we'll we'll plug it and yeah uh, so
1: um, I know we're gonna start doing like a video uh, video podcast right so it's yeah, in <laughs> the way like, once we do that man we'll, we'll, we'll we should do some uh, do some songs too you know <laughs> <She is right. laughs> thank you so much brother
2: So I spin it all over again. Oh shek me till I am dead Cause I like my religion, but I love my sin, so I do it all over again. I still like my religion, but I love my sin, so I do it all over again. sin so i do it all over again i said i like my religion but i love my sin so i do it all I it all over again. Oh, shake me till I am dead. Cause I like my religion, but I love my sin, so I do it all over again. I said I like my religion, but I love my sin, so I do it all over again. <laughs> Hi,
1: I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor-burn-free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients. Visit victoriangrooming.com.
0: Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world but I can also tune in to you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic.